Welcome to the Curve Mindset Podcast. In today's episode, we speak to Rona Lloyd. Rona is a Scottish international rugby player, representing Scotland at sevens and full international level, making her debut against England in the 2016 Six Nations. Since then, she's been an ever-present in the squad. In addition, she's currently finishing a degree in studying biomedical sciences at the University of Edinburgh, whom she also plays rugby for and has again achieved success. We discuss Rona's journey through school and her career, which has featured many highs and lows, but Rona's mindset will not fail but to inspire you. Enjoy. Thanks for sitting down and doing an interview with us. Could you just give our listeners a little bit of background on yourself, a wee brief outline of your career, your job, studies, etc.? Yeah, so I play rugby um, at the moment for the University of Edinburgh and for Scotland Women, and I'm also studying at the University of Edinburgh, so I'm doing biology and I'm in my fourth year of that, so I'll graduate in June, hopefully, if all goes well. Fingers crossed for you. I'm sure you'll be absolutely fine. <laughs> so, first question for you is, when and how did you first get into playing rugby? I first got into it, I was at Tangcastle High School, and in um, my first year there, one of the Scotland women's players had come along to the school to do a taster session, um, and I just absolutely loved it, and she referred me to Murrayfield Wonders, where I played for for a couple of years. Um, but like now, when I got capped, it was alongside the player that had come along to, to the school and got me involved in it, so yeah, now I feel... Like I love yeah speaking to young girls that play rugby and doing things like that because like something that was so insignificant like her coming along to the school to a taster session is started like a really positive cascade for me. So and you feel like it's kind of went full circle now and then yeah, you want to give back a little bit. Yeah, definitely. It. Like I loved and my first season was also her last one, so I loved that. Yeah, I got that experience and got to do that with her. So when you first started out as a, a young female player, what was your your mindset like? It probably pretty negative looking back. Um. Obviously, playing women's rugby um, is not not something that you know, it's pretty stereotypically a male sport. So I was maybe a little bit embarrassed that I played not like I wouldn't openly tell people and stuff. Whereas now I, I certainly do, and I think a lot of that's like when you're in high school and kind of in that bubble at that age, everything seems like you know a massive deal and um, kind of the end of the world. Whereas coming out of high school. Yeah, my attitude totally changed. Like playing rugby when you got to university was actually something that was really cool to do, which it certainly, certainly wasn't when I was in school. I remember like getting my first weights program when I was at school, like 15, 16 years old, and I didn't do it because I'd, yeah, kind of already got a little bit teasing called like a man and stuff for playing rugby. So I thought, well, I certainly don't want to do a weights program as well. And that just seems so, so ridiculous now because I absolutely love all that sort of stuff. Um, so, and, and just to continue on that, how did you, you know, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people who are similar and maybe feel the same way in your position. Yeah. I've been there. How did you deal with uh, that kind of criticism and, and people teasing you and all that? How did you? Yeah, um, at the time, yeah, I was definitely kind of upset by it. And I definitely kept my rugby life really separate from my school life because I was playing rugby outside school. So I suppose didn't really you know, tell people that I was doing it or, or things like that. Whereas now, 
anybody else that was in my situation, anybody that was, you know, 14 or 15 and felt that way, I'd say, like, once you leave kind of that bubble, like, the people that are teasing you, it's so, so insignificant. Like, Mm -hmm. you never see those people again. And actually doing something different is really cool. It just sometimes doesn't feel like that at the time. And... And at school, when I briefly taught you, I remember you were a bit of an all-rounder, uh, but not just in sport, lots of other areas and music, and I remember your performance in the panto. Um, so firstly, how important do you think it is for children to do different sports? Um, and then secondly, just tell us when you made the decision to sort of specialise in rugby and focus on that. I think doing different sports is so important. Like First of all, so that you don't get bored of the sport you're doing. Like at university, there's lots of kind of swimmers and stuff that have been yeah doing it since they were eight and done it five times a week and are get so sick of it and whereas I think if you keep it more varied then you end up choosing the one that you you love like certainly with me I was doing yeah basketball and athletics and rugby so then when I chose to specialize in rugby it was it wasn't from external pressure it was from own back um and that's it works really well in transfer as well like we at the university team get lots of rowers that come and are sick of rowing and we can like turn them into second rows and they're already super fit and tall and have like the right mindset and the same with netball and hockey like it's so transferable and um, I chose to specialise in rugby when I was maybe 17 I kind of stopped doing everything else and it was partly because that took over I couldn't have done anything else like the training got more and more frequent so I had to do less and less but also if you had to choose that was always always my favourite like I think the yeah, I love a team sport. Um, and then around that time, because I know that there's certainly young athletes who'll have, that'll be a really tough decision for them yeah. to like pick which sport they want to specialise in. But at that time, were you? did you feel like you were in a position, you were ready to, to purely focus on that one sport? It wasn't a tough call? Um, it, was a, it was a tough call. Like I certainly loved doing athletics and I'd only started athletics when I was, yeah, about 14 maybe. So I hadn't been doing it for for long at all but yeah but as I said kind of because I made that decision myself although it was a difficult one and um, once you do purely focus on one sport then you I was so focused that I, like I wanted to play for Scotland and that was something I wanted to do so although it felt like yeah I was missing out not doing other things actually that was what I had to do to achieve what I wanted so I suppose there was, there was pros and cons to it but yeah I think you yeah you need to make the decision yourself you it can't come from external pressure. So just jumping ahead a little bit, during uh, the season 2014-15, your last year of under-18s, yeah, yeah. you captained uh, Murrayfield Wanderers ladies to the final and had a really successful season with the Scotland under-20s where you were top tri-scorer. Now, the BT Academy selection was done at the end of that season and you weren't selected. The question for you is, what was your mindset around that time? How did you deal with that and, and how did you react Initially, I was like absolutely gutted, um, kind of so devastated, especially as well as me not being selected, being gutted for myself. Everybody that I usually trained with was, so it then felt like I didn't have anyone to train with and really I didn't have the means to do it. But I think quickly after that, it kind of drove me on a lot. Um, like I would badger the girls that were in the academy for their sessions and do them on my own. And if I knew that they were doing two running sessions that week, I would do three. And it was totally something that I really used to you kind of fuel my training and actually looking back that was such a good thing that happened to me because I learned to train on my own like I'm so competitive and it it definitely fed into that even though at the time I thought you know this is this is terrible looking back it was such a good thing to happen to me because now if I'm 
I don't know, away for the weekend or doing something and I, I don't have access to a gym and stuff, I know how to kind of train myself and, and what mm-hmm. to do to motivate myself. And it was the same summer that I didn't get into the academy that also had a shoulder operation. So for a couple of months, it felt like, God, this is horrendous. But looking back, actually, it was probably a really good thing for a young athlete to to go through, to kind of face a bit of adversity and have to have to go through it. Yeah, okay, I think that, that can sometimes be important as dealing with that failure yeah, and, definitely. and responding to it positively. So yeah. around that time, sorry to take you back to this no, really <laughs> awful time, but what was, you know, obviously you'd be really disappointed and you obviously had the operation. How did you sort of keep, or who did you did you seek advice, or how did you keep yourself motivated to, to get through that tough time? Because for a lot of people that might have been, oh, well, that's, that's me done, or yeah. I'm going to give up, or... I suppose at the yeah being at the University of Edinburgh, although I wasn't part of the academy program, I was part of their program there. So I'm super lucky that they helped me out. And we have so my kind of point of difference, I suppose, in the Scotland team when I was younger. Like I'm, and even now, I suppose my rugby isn't as good as everybody else's, but I was a lot fitter. Um, and I knew that kind of that's why I was getting selected. Um, so when we had testing coming up at the end of that year, I thought you know I have to be the fittest on that day because you know, they've not put me in the academy and I suppose I felt like I had to prove myself in that. I got so much fitter in that time and it was, yeah, just purely being competitive, really, um, and wanting to, to prove myself. So, yeah, although it seemed like, oh, this is devastating, actually, it was so good for me, like, for my fitness and for motivation. And I think that's something, you know, whoever's listening, if you are a younger athlete, that, to take that away because when you, you know, might, some young athletes might go through their youth career and actually not face mm-hmm. many troubles or problems or injuries and then to have something like that, an injury plus that disappointment, mm-hmm. that that resilience to come back and like you've said it's, it turned out to be a real learning curve for you at that point. Yeah and I think even now if something happens if I'm on the bench or something that happens that I didn't want to happen, I always kind of think back to that and think well when that happened before and I thought it was the end of the world actually it was so good for me so kind of trying to see yeah, see setbacks now in that light yeah. So we'll fast forward on a little bit to the the season after fifteen sixteen. Uh, you got your first cap for Scotland, fifteens, and you got into the academy. So how did that feel? Yeah, so good. Um, especially getting my first cap. Um, obviously that was really rewarding. It was against England, and yeah, like the first thing I done in that match was tackle Harry Miller Mills, who's like an incredible player and was their number eight at the time. And I remember after that thinking that like I could I could do anything. Like I yeah. I was ready to be there. And yeah, I suppose it made it all worth it. It made kind of all the prehab from having a shoulder operation and the setback and all the fitness work. It was it was for that. I think it came my cap definitely came a little bit quicker than I thought. Um, like I was loving being part of the extended squad, but when I remember when we got that Six Nations um, email that said that I was at number eleven, I was like, whoa, like maybe didn't expect that. Um, but yeah, it was it was so rewarding. And then when you were sort of given that recognition. You know, a big thing I think for athletes or young players anyway is that when they experience success, it's then guarding against complacency. Yeah. So how did you go about ensuring that you maintained your performance levels and that like attitude that you had about being resilient and proving people wrong and then you finally got to where you wanted to be? Mm-hmm. How did you go about trying to maintain that? Yeah, part of it was definitely when I first got into the academy, everybody else who'd, who'd been there for a year was you know stronger than me and stuff and I... Th- was playing catch up but I think that's I think if you want to improve it's so good to be out your depth and to be with people who are kind of at somewhere that's attainable but a bit ahead of you because it it definitely spurs you on 
I think that's similar like with the level of sport that you're playing. Um, and also, I'd got into the academy, but also other people had been dropped from it. So I remember thinking, like, I can't, that can't be me in a year's time. And yeah, going without all the training and sport made me appreciate it even more, for sure. So again, moving to the 16-17 season, talking about the, the Six Nations, firstly, I want you to sort of take me through the last minute defeat to Ireland and just your emotions around that time, your mindset and then the mindset of the players. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, the so playing for Scotland, like every single game we play before the match, I like completely believe like we're going to win this time and you know, more often than not that hasn't gone in my favour but um, I hope that that's something that I never lose. I suppose I'm still relatively new to it but I think for players that have been in the squad for a lot longer and like we went yeah like a long time without winning the players experiences that I suppose they obviously don't maybe expect to win to Ireland when we played them the previous year they beat us um it was like 55-13 um, about that so I suppose going into that game we were absolutely not the favourites and I remember yeah like looking up at the at the clock and it was half time and it, we were like 15-12 ahead and thinking like god this is crazy like you wouldn't you wouldn't write this but I think going through that and that last minute defeat like it was absolutely heartbreaking um but I think we so needed that because that was the closest game we'd had in a long time and although we didn't win that I think that proved that we can win and how hard we need to fight for it and actually I think if we hadn't had that last minute defeat I I think we needed that to then go on and win against Wales and Italy like just to go through that experience and that heartbreaking at the time on the night of the match I was just like so proud of how we've done I was like wow that was like awesome like we played so well and it wasn't the next day I was like why don't we win that? Like that was, I was absolutely gutted. But yeah, I think that was so important and kind of our journey to getting one. And then it, I suppose then after that, I mean, it's real testament, I suppose, to yourself and the players and the coaching staff and everyone involved uh, going into the next games against Wales and, and the mm-hmm. subsequent games after that. What qualities do you, did you need to, to go down in, when you went down in that match uh, before making the comeback? Yeah, uh, I think, well, between Ireland and Wales, we'd had a big defeat to France, but everybody that match had just kind of lost their heads. Um, like, it was, nobody scored in the first 20 minutes, and then they kind of scored quite a lot on the bounce, and it was just people had, yeah, totally lost their heads, and we were maybe losing our heads at each other and kind of wondering what was going wrong. But, again, I think we really reflected hard on that that defeat, and we said, you know, what was the difference between there and Ireland? Well, Ireland, we were composed and we were more resilient and we worked a lot harder and thinking right what can we do to get to get back to that and we we came together as a team and we spoke about what we had to do to to get the win and we yeah we spoke about how we were going to celebrate when we won and all these things about winning even though we hadn't done that in in seven years time Um, and I remember Sean Lenine was he was under 20s coach at the time and he came into camp the day before Um, and he asked us, you know, can you win a game? And, and we all said, yes, we knew that we could. We nearly did against Ireland. And then he said, well, why not? Why not do it tomorrow? And I think that really resounded with us all. So even when we were 14 now down at the changing rooms at half time, like everybody still completely believed that we were going to win. And I think that was the difference. It wasn't that some people thought we we're going to win and some people thought, oh, you know, I hope we win. It, everybody was just kind of totally on the same wavelength. So I suppose in terms of qualities, it's, 
determination definitely working hard but I think most of all like, belief was a massive difference that day like we, there was this, this belief in the squad that that we hadn't had before and see prior to the games when you're working with the coaching staff and you're obviously analysing your previous games how important is that analysis and then when you're putting that back into going into your next set of games yeah it's so important I think on an individual level um, for your own improvement like everybody wants to do the best for the the team so you need to review your own performance but also as a team I think things like if you get a heavy defeat I think if you don't reflect on that and if you're not honest then those yeah those feelings and that kind of losing your head is going to happen again uh, so I think in terms of unity of a team that's yeah so important to review not just how you did but actually like the whole how are you feeling on the pitch and why did this happen and where are you talking to each other there and that sort of detail. So after another wee bit of injury trouble, uh, you were <laughs> selected for the Scotland Women's Sevens Squad in 2017 and made a try-scoring debut in the opening game uh, of the Rugby Europe Women's Sevens Trophy in Ostrava. You went on to become top try-scorer with 19 uh, in the squad's unbeaten run to lift the trophy uh, and promotion to the Grand Prix. And now, of course, as you said at the start of the interview, you're now with the Edinburgh University women's team who had an outstanding season in 2016-17, winning the British University and College Sport final at Twickenham and the Bucks Championship Sevens and the Bucks Pre- Premier North <laughs> League a lot for me to fit in there so you showed earlier in the interview in the early part of your career you faced some obstacles some setbacks uh, and then you've obviously shown really throughout this whole interview about the resilience and the character to come back even stronger now that you're dealing with these successes currently um, and as we, we touched briefly on there about sort of complacency, how do you ensure that you, for competing for Edinburgh and then your stuff with Scotland mm-hmm. and you're obviously you've got your studies as well, how do you ensure you keep a really focused mindset firstly but also remain positive um, and, and guard against those kind of complacent things that could creep in? Yeah, I think um, with the sevens, it was two summers in a row that I'd, I'd missed up sevens because of the same shoulder injury. So when I did get my shot the following year, it was like that that missing out that motivated me to do my prehab because I knew that if I didn't do my prehab every day, then or you know five times a week, I would start having problems again. Um, so yeah, I suppose it was definitely injury that motivated me there. But with the the Edinburgh Uni team, when I first joined in first year I remember us sitting in a meeting and our goal was not to get relegated um from the league and then yeah two years later to lift the the Bucks Cup was such a, a journey and such a special thing to be part of and because we've all been together for a while now and like there's a lot of levers at the end of this year because university rugby is so like works on such a cycle I think because we were so used to being the underdog um kind of when we always panic about games like we'll beat a team like 40 now and the next time we play them we'll all be like so on edge like don't know how it's going to go uh, I suppose we're not definitely not as confident as we should be because um, I think we've kind of still all got that mindset that we're the underdog and I don't know if that's a Scottish thing or a, <laughs> an Edinburgh uni thing but yeah staying focused I think it's yeah taking things one game at a time and celebrating your success but definitely looking for more like with the sevens we won the trophy and we're so proud of that but now we're in the cup so that's going to be a massive challenge and the same with Bucks winning the cup is something that we're so proud of but defending it's definitely harder because people are are out to get us and you know we're certainly not the underdog anymore 
and the standard competition is improving every year. Um, so if we were to get complacent, it would definitely come back to, to bite us. Throughout all of that, and I suppose throughout most of your career when we've been going through it, have you ever had any sort of self-doubts at all? Even even when things were going really well and about your own performance or if, like you say there about your team, you know, you started off um, Edinburgh Union, your goal was not to get relegated and then you went off to, to lift some trophies. Anywhere through that, despite all the successes, did you ever have any niggling doubts or have you just always remained that focused and... I think definitely, <laughs> like yeah, you know, all the time. That's the mental side of sport is definitely something that that I really struggle with. I think if you're you're not playing well, um, definitely kind of being critical of yourself. It's it's quite hard to get off that cycle. Um, so yes, was definitely definitely doubted myself. Um, and I think that sort of thing to deal with, you definitely need to speak to coaches or other players or people around you because I think if you keep it internal then it it just gets gets you, worse and worse. Have you used any is there any like strategies you use or anything that you you know, stuff like there's self talk and visualisation, all these different types of things yeah. like before games or going into games? Yeah, um visualisation is definitely something that I tried. I'd um read the book The Mind Gym and that kind of yeah, recommended it and motivated me to do it and I found that for me, definitely what happens, kind of the first thing that happens in a match makes a big difference to me. Um, like if I visualise myself, yeah, making a tackle and then I was to miss it, I would kind of freak out about it and be like, oh no, like that wasn't that wasn't meant to happen. Um, so now I just kind of try and review my performance and be really critical but use that to motivate you because, yeah, the visualisation stuff, although I know some people that I worked brilliantly for, for me it definitely made me more shaky and worked the other way but I suppose with that sort of thing you just because it says in a book that it, it works doesn't mean that it does for everyone you know it's funny it, we were speaking to somebody recently and we we're talking about these you actually when you read these things out of books you need to try them you yeah have, you absolutely yeah. have to try them because if you don't then just reading the book and going oh, I've read it you know you need to go and try it. and if it doesn't work for you that's fine then you can yeah. go and try and find something else yeah. and so I definitely think that's a good bit of advice now, we, we were chatting at the beginning about um, captaincy mm-hmm. and being a leader and being a captain. So, obviously, you're captain of the Edinburgh University women's team at the moment. And I'd asked what your values are as a captain mm-hmm. and leadership, but we were touching on when you were a captain and you're under 18 days um, and maybe take us through maybe what that Rona was like as a captain or maybe wanted to be like yeah. and then the Rona now and what you value as a leader. I think being captain of the under 18 team, Sam, has been... 16, 17, that's, it's such a cool thing to experience when you're that age because, yeah, you're kind of given responsibility that 16-year-olds are not usually given and, yeah, it's all your best mates. Um, so I suppose then it was probably a really good thing for me to be put under pressure and have to step up and I definitely, you know, would muck about and have a laugh at training um, when I was that age, which is absolutely allowed um, to make it fun. But I think when I became captain, it was more, you know, to have fun but also to to kind of not be not be the joker all the time, um, and nowadays being being captain, my values are probably the same as what they were when I was under eighteen. Like there's nothing I hate more as a player on the pitch than when people lose their head at each other and when kind of you you don't become a team anymore. So definitely like playing for each other um, and kind of putting your all into into every performance. Like I think the Edinburgh Uni team, what makes us really unique, I think, is that we are really kind of one team and we all really do play for each other 
um, and definitely playing against other teams, you hear players like being horrible to each other on the pitch and always think, God, I would hate if that was what was happening on on my team. Like that would, yeah, make me feel really bad. So yeah, I kind of always say that to each other at the start, like to, to play for each other because it is in any team, it's your best friends that you're playing with. Excellent. And if anybody wants to, we always ask this at the end, if anyone wants to sort of find you on social media to maybe ask mm-hmm. you questions or get in touch, how's best to, to find you? Um, it's Rona Lloyd 96 on Twitter. That'd be the one to go for. <laughs> Perfect. Rona, thank you so much for sitting down and chatting to us. Uh, all the very best for the rest of the Six Nations campaign and with your degree as well. Yeah, thank you very much. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Any feedback, tweet us at The Curve Mindset or email us at thecurvemindset at gmail.com. Thanks.